0: Good. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. All
1: right, welcome back, hour number two. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460K X and 106.3. FM, we take you until noon, bottom of the hour. Scott Dockerman on the Big Ten uh, and Iowa. He will join us in his regular spot here at about 11.30. Speaking of regular spots, Matt Snyder has been here with us every Monday throughout the entire baseball season. We are grateful for that, Matt Snyder. CBSSports.com is where you can read him. Matt Trenton, Ken, happy Monday to you. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, you know, hey, we're on the home stretch here. What, six weeks or so left? It's uh, coming to an end. I think it came to an end yesterday for the Blue Jays when Simeon couldn't throw the ball yeah. from second to first. Well, I, I'm, yeah. I'm still not over it. Anyways, you know, I really enjoyed your piece. I love reading stuff that makes you think. And uh watching Cabrera when he hit number 500 you made uh, you, you came up with your list of you know who's going to be the next guy or who's uh, who's going to uh get to that point uh 28 guys 28 uh, players uh have gone 500 or more home runs shows you how difficult it is to get there uh, you know, the list that you put out seems like Trout jumps off the page, and I think Bryce Harper will get there. But it's a tough thing to get to, that 500 number. So many things, you know, can go wrong and knock you off that trajectory. Um It, it was a good piece. Who do you think? Did you answer your own question as to whom you think is if you could only name one that you had to bet, you know, whatever, uh, that they're going to get yeah. to that? Who would you bet if you could only bet one guy?
2: I, I think it's Trout. I mean, we're looking at, uh, what, 310 homers. He's 30 right now. You know, he, he hit uh, 45 in his last full season. But you, you got to start wondering about the health. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was 2019. He only played 114 games. Now, last year he was healthy, but it was only 60 games. And then this year we've had the, the calf injury. I think 35 games is all he's played. But if he can stay on the field, I feel pretty good about that one. And you mentioned Bryce Harper. I feel good about him, too. But I think it was in the Harper injury that I mentioned – Two or three years ago, we would have thought Giancarlo Stanton is an absolute yes. lock. Yep. He had 305 home runs through his age 28 season, but he's completely slowed down since then. He only has 332 right now, and he's 31. So uh, it, it just shows how quickly things can change. And when you're talking about the volume of a number like 500, I mean, at one time, we thought Miguel Cabrera was going to cruise there. right? And then I think a few years ago, we thought, man, is he even going to get there? Mm-hmm. And he's picked it up the last two years just to get there. Uh, it, it's really tough to get there, especially now that the dust has cleared on the so-called steroid era. We saw an influx of guys between, what, 1998 and around 2008 or so. I want to say it's eight to ten guys. But since then, it's only been just Pujols, Ortiz, and Cabrera. So it's kind of back to, to I guess, normal on it being really hard to get there. And maybe we see one guy every five years.
1: Uh, Nelson Cruz is the closest. He's, what, 57 yeah. home runs away in your piece Man, he's 41 years old. Um, Don't bet against him. I know. It's just. No, no, that's the thing. Did yeah. you think he gets there? Well,
2: that should tell you all you need to
1: know how long <laughs> it tough. takes me to answer yeah. that.
2: Um, gosh, it almost feels 50 50, doesn't yeah.
1: it?
2: He's 41. Surely he's going to start to slow down. And you say 57. That's at least two more years. Right. It's got to be at least two more. Um, I- I'll say no but that might be a foolish bet. I I kind of feel like he's going to settle in the 480s. And I know he'll try to hold on if he gets that close, but at that point it's a matter of being productive enough to justify your spot in the lineup. And he doesn't have a contract like Cabrera where he's still under team control through 2023.
3: Miguel Cabrera hits that benchmark of 500 home runs. How are you going to remember him? What are going to be your memories of him? A Marlin. (laughs) That's kind of where I was going too. How about you, Matt? It's all over the board.
2: Like, I think about the 2003 Marlins Mm -hmm. because he hit a walk-off home run in his first game back. He hit a huge home run in the first inning, Game 7, 2003 NLCS against the Cubs. Uh, He homered in Game 4 against Roger Clemens Mm -hmm. in the first inning when they were down two games to one in the series and they didn't lose again, as we know. That was when he was 20. Then you fast-forward to 2012-2013. He won the first Triple Crown, since Carly Estremski, in 2012. Uh, he won back-to-back MVPs. The Tigers won the pennant; their first in a while. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. They won in like 2006. <laughs> but anyway, um, combination of a lot of that stuff. Just one of the best pure hitters we've ever seen. Just and it was all-around hitter. Just he was a good contact guy. He was an excellent power guy. He hit for high average. Uh, he didn't chase. If you were going to pitch around him, he would take his walks. Huge RBI guy. Just an all-around incredible batsmith.
1: No, it really has. He's had a heck of a career, and uh, boy, it took him 12 games. So he got 499, and then finally uh, put one over the right field, just barely over the but it counts uh, all the same. So let's get into yeah. the standings, Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Um, we wake up today, and the Cincinnati Reds are in the playoffs. I mean, the, the, yep. the run that they are <laughs> on right now, and I get it's part of the, the Padres have collapsed. They're, they're starting pitching. Uh, just I mean, when you've got to go out and sign Jake Arrieta, uh, I think signed when you were on the air with them. This last week. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what does this say? Is this more about the Reds and they're getting hot at the right time, or is it more about the Padres and they're just up against it because of all of these injuries to their starting five? Well, it's a combination. I mean, it's the Rockies to to
2: lose three or four to Arizona and get swept in Colorado, which, by the way, we again, I have to point out the Rockies are incredible at home. Only the Dodgers and Giants have better home That's records crazy. than the Rockies in all of baseball. Uh, but still, when you look at that schedule and you say you're supposed to be a playoff team, at some point, you got to win some of those games. And uh, the Reds even kind of tried to give them a pass there by losing two in a row to what's left of the AAA Cubs last week. Mm-hmm. And the Reds have every opportunity to win that game on Tuesday and lost 2-1, to one, and it looked like the Padres kind of got a reprieve, but they just couldn't take advantage of it. Uh, the only two games they won last week, uh, they salvaged one or in the last 10 days, I believe. They salvaged one against the Diamondbacks, and then Saturday night, a miracle, they they were down to their last out and got a home run from Jake Cronenworth off of Aaron Nola, who was looking to complete the game. Wow! Uh, those are the only two games. They, it's the last 11. They've lost 9 of 11, and their only two wins, like I said, one against the Diamondbacks, who are terrible, and the other was they were down to their last strike and got a game-tying home run.
3: Right now, hmm. it'd be Dodgers-Reds for that wild card. Yet the Dodgers have the second best record in all of, in all baseball. of baseball. If this happens yeah. this way, Matt, we'll get to the end of the season yeah. and Dodger fans it and I'm sure some baseball people Especially will be clamoring if they lose. You got to change the way this is set up. I yeah, love the way it's yeah. set up, but you know the conversations come in matter. Are you prepared for it?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, we, we it's it's not the same as it being the Dodgers and being defending champions, but it wasn't too long ago. Mm-hmm. 2015, the NL Central had the three best records in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. The Cubs have the third-best record, 97 wins, and they went on the road to Pittsburgh yep. in the wild-card game against the 98-win well, Pirates and Garrett Cole. Jake Arrieta versus Garrett Cole. Ugh. And, oh, by the way, the Cardinals, with 100 wins, await the winner.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so if we could deal with that in 2015, I think we're going to be okay dealing with the Dodgers in 2021. They've had plenty of opportunities to get it done in the postseason. They've done it one time. Uh, I'd have to say, though, Max Scherzer against the Reds in Dodger Stadium. I mm. don't love the Reds' chances in that one. Um, but, again, that, that, that sets up Dodgers-Giants in the NLDS then. Wow. And, you know, Brewers-Braves on the other side, at least now it looks like the NLE team is going to be good because for a lot of the, the year I've been looking at this and saying, man, the Brewers have almost a free pass to the NLCS and they're going to face a team that just went through the gauntlet to get there. Mm-hmm. But now at least it looks like the Braves are, are, are firing on all cylinders, too.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, you're, you're right about that. But we're also going to be hearing about the, the, the Giants and the Dodgers having to play each other, the two best records. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and here we go. So let's go to the American League for a second. And, you know, folks hate to hear this, uh, but the, you know, the Yankees are back being the Yankees again. They now have the lead in the wild card. I think Tampa uh, is, um, you know, got too big of a cushion for them to lose the division. But here come the Yankees, and then they'll get Tampa uh, should they get past what potentially could be the Red Sox. Yankees are playing awfully well right now, Matt Snyder.
2: Yeah, they are. And they just got everybody back. I mean, they, they were kind of hot with the patchwork lineup. And now they got Rizzo back. Now Voigt's starting to, to get really hot. I mean, every ball's a line drive up at this point. They just got Garrett Cole back. Uh, Tyone is throwing brilliantly in the rotation. They just got to roll this Chapman back. Britton's finally strung together a couple good outings. They look really good. They have a tough week, though. They have to go to Atlanta and then all the way to Oakland. Mm. Let's see how they emerge from that. Something to watch is Yankees are down four and a half games to the Rays right now. The Rays last week is three at Astros and then three at Yankees. Mm. If it's still up, in, up for grabs going into that last week and the Astros still have something to play for, that's a really tough road for the Rays. And let's say it's a two-game lead going to Yankee Stadium. All of a sudden, we've got ourselves a playoff series.
3: 18-26. and 26. That's the record of the White Sox against teams above five hundred. Yeah. Does that stat mean anything to you, Matt?
2: A little. It's starting to mean a little because their division is just so bad. I still think they have enough talent to, to win the World Series. Um I, I, at some point you gotta start doing it and beating the good teams. Yep. Now they did take three or four from the A's and guaranteed in guaranteed rate field, but the A's are kind of in a bad way right now. And they had in, in the second game of that series, Chris Bassett, their Oof. their staff leader, one of the leaders in the clubhouse, get hit in the head. And I just wonder how much that messed with the A's the rest of that series and the rest of the week, really, because that's a jarring thing to see. And I, I, I still maintain that the Mentally toughest professional athletes in team sports are Major League Baseball players. But to see something like that and see your leader go down like that, that's a tough thing to back from. And then you talk about on the field. They don't have Bassett the rest of the year now. So the, the A's probably the rest of the year. So while you could say, yeah, the White Sox took three or four from the A's, I, I just wonder if a lot of that was the A's are just reeling. Uh, And then you go down to Tampa Bay, you blow that game, barely come out with a win with the you skin of your teeth and then get your teeth kicked in the next two games. So I'd like to see the White Sox win some series against good teams before I stick with my World Series prediction because I'm starting to get a little worried about it.
1: Um, our, our buddy David Kaplan tweeted out yesterday, I think, um, you know, might have been into the wine a little bit. Um, that LaRusse is the manager of the year in the American League. He's had, he's done a phenomenal yeah. job. Nobody saw this coming, right? They thought there's going to be, uh, this guy's too old. This is too loosey goosey of a clubhouse. The players aren't going to like him. They're going to revolt dot, dot, dot. I mean, look, look what cash continues to do. Look what Baker's doing y- yet again. Um, and I, I just, is, is LaRusso the manager of the year in the American League right now? Would he be for you if you want to vote? Uh, I think he's going to win it. You do? Had. Um, Yeah, I
2: but I, I mean, I predicted the White Sox to win the division. I predicted LaRusso to win the award because that's just the way it goes. The first-year manager, a lot of people thought he shouldn't have gotten the job. They won the division. That's mm-hmm. just how the voting goes. But I would submit that Cash has done a much more impressive job given the way that the Rays operate and how much they filter guys in and out. Mm-hmm. And even like, Right in front of the trade deadline, they traded Diego Castillo. That's who he's been using as a closer. But it's just easy come, easy go when you're the Rays, and that's how they operate. And for him to never miss a beat, and them to, for the Rays to have the best record in the American League by three and a half games right now, that's a much more impressive job to me. Um, but again, like I said, I think La Russa would win if the voting was held right now because that's just the way it goes. And let's say the White Sox have had a lot of major injuries, yeah. and they've weathered the storm.
1: So have the Yankees and Aaron Boone, yeah. I mean Aaron Boone's yeah. and, seat is, yeah. is as hot as anybody.
2: Yep, absolutely. Little and League you know, Coral was right there for a while, but now the Red
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. Taken on oil. Yeah. Not no, he good. he was the favorite for yeah. sure at the All-Star break. Yeah. So uh last night, did you see the opening pitch for the Little League Classic? They had every team had a player out there and they basically had a relay in with 16 different guys throwing really? it in before the final one went I to home plate. Not. That's
2: pretty cool. I was I was buried in Miguel Cabrera. Aha, uh-huh. makes so that, sense that, That's there. pretty cool. Well, yeah. we
3: that's get cool. this game. They said it's going to be back again next year. I think the Red Sox were supposed to play in it in 2020. Yeah. Of course, that was moved back. We're getting the Field of Dreams game back next season. So what's next? Get out your crystal ball, or if you were commissioner for a day and you had to come up with an idea, where are we going to take baseball next? Anything jump to mind? Yep.
2: Ahead of the Field of Dreams game, I actually did a, a, an article on different things they could do, and I think the one that's probably most realistic is the Hall of Fame game and, and bring it back oh, in. Yeah. It. but don't have it be an exhibition. That was terrible when it was right. an exhibition. You have teams travel there and then it doesn't even count. Now that there's interleague play, anybody who's in the area of Cooperstown at Hall of Fame weekend, you have the Hall of Fame ceremony Sunday afternoon, and then you transition to a Sunday night game at Doubleday Field. And if they want to put more seats there and renovate it, yeah, sure. They, I think these special games make back more money for Major League Baseball than they sink into them. And, uh, but also, I like looking at the kids being at the game last night and in conjunction with the RBI program and wanting more inner-city kids to get involved in baseball and to become baseball, lifelong baseball fans or produce a lot more Major League Baseball players. What about a rotating game that goes city to city And it's just kids from the RBI program that get to come into the game and they get to meet the players and they get to watch a game. I know you give up the gate revenue for the game, but you know what? There's plenty of games where the owners get to make money. It's not about that every single game. Let's get uh, the next generation of fans and the next generation of players in there so they can see a game in person and they can meet their
1: heroes. I think that would be great. There's certainly a lot of kids that were very – and I didn't see the game either. I was curled up in a fetal position. I would no more sports after Simeon, <laughs> two out in the bottom of the ninth inning, couldn't grab, field the ball and throw it to the first baseman. I'd had enough. Uh, but it was good – uh Otani look he he realizes his impact in the game. Uh I'm not sure we realize what what this guy's doing as far as uh, on a on a global scale doing for the game of baseball. Uh and, and these kids just giddy to meet Babe Ruth essentially, right? This is yeah. their Babe Ruth. Um and, and Otani he he certainly he understands his place and he doesn't shy away from, you know, being one of the faces of the game. Absolutely. And that's
2: what that's what you have to love about him is. Yep. He did being in the home run derby and then starting the all-star game. That's a lot of extra stuff to, for somebody to do when they're a pitcher and a position player throughout the season. And then they go to this game and to be out there with the kids and signing all the autographs and everything. He's a special guy. And it, you know, you saw it later in the game. Like it wasn't an incredibly excited, exciting game after the two run home run by Rosario in the first, but it was three, nothing in the eighth. The Angels got two on for Otani he had a chance to tie the game with a home run, and hearing the high voices, because it was the mm-hmm. Little League kids, it wasn't adults, the high voices chanting, show, hey, show, hey, that was cool. <laughs> that was a moment, and um, unfortunately, he walked instead of getting a hack away at one, but still, just to see what he means to the youth like that, and that's why I'd love to see, like I said, a lot more games like that, not necessarily tied to the Little League World Series, but anything where it's let's focus on the kids in the next generation.
1: Hmm. Can you imagine the letdown it's going to be when David Ross takes this cast of Cubs to Field of Dreams next year? My God.
2: (laughs) It's going to be different. Oh, different. It's not going to be a teardown. There's hardly any money on the books for next year, so I think they're going to be aggressive. Uh, We'll see. It's not necessarily going to be good, but it's not going to be this group.
1: Is there one of the guys that they jettisoned that – I mean, I think I think Cubs fans would love to have Rizzo back. Love to have Bias back. Is is there any likelihood at all, from from your perspective, that any of those guys that were trick? Because Brian's not coming back. Um, come no, back. No,
2: I think that. I, no, I think that ship is sailed. I, I do think too. They rip the Band-Aid off. I think once they saw that they could have fun playing elsewhere, it, right. y- you lose that advantage, and, and now you just have to outspend everybody. And if you come back, you've already been the group that broke the curse. What more can you accomplish? Yeah. So I, I think that ship has sailed for everybody. It's it's a both sides thing.
1: I'm with you. Like, I
2: think there, I don't think there's any bad blood, but I think everybody's content that, Hey, we did this thing mm-hmm. and it was in the past. It was great, but it's in the past.
1: Yep. in 20 years or whatever the anniversary is, and. 26 well it's too early 36 they'll get back together for the 20-year reunion yeah. etc and uh that'll be a magic moment but i don't think that happens until then matt snyder cbssports.com matt thank you appreciate it we will uh, talk to you next week thank you matt have a wonderful week all right good to have talk good to one, you again. Yep. thank you matt snyder cbssports.com as we talk baseball with him each and every week i love this segment we um mm-hmm. kind of lose focus on baseball as we get football nuts um into September and into October. Probably going to have to move this back yeah, to, to Tuesday. Tuesdays, yep. yeah.
3: Tuesdays coming up. Because um, when it gets to October, what do you always say? Tuesdays and Wednesdays are for baseball.
1: Yeah, was, yeah really. So, favorite, It's the look, it's the best month on the calendar for sports, October. It's just, it's spectacular. October baseball, as much as we love 162 baseball, mm-hmm. this is just another level. It is. It? It's just amazing. Edge of the seat. Yes, into conference play in college football, your NFL team's got three or four in the books. You know, if your team's gonna stink, you're already looking at mock drafts. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> Maybe you're already is. looking
3: at mock drafts regardless. Well yeah. your Broncos are looking. Good. Trent, I'm very nervous, man. If they can So get, it's if, Teddy now. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Teddy will get the start. You know,
1: if they were to ask if 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 um Vic Fancho or ever making the decision, uh,
3: reached out to Jerry Judy, I think Judy wants Teddy to be the guy. Yeah. They got some dudes, man. They're a good team. Judy catches the ball. Look out. Yeah. That offense. Right. Those weapons. Yes. They and a defense. The defense is good. This isn't Peyton Manning's no, Bronco defense anymore. No, but the it's No good. fly zone. Not yet. But it's good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Boy, I love having that seven and a half over ticket. I
1: think you're home free. By the way, did you, did you hear? Have you heard Talib do a, a Rams preseason game? I
3: have, he's doing it with uh, Andrew Siciliano. Yeah, had it on. Was that Friday night or Saturday? So, I had, had it nights? on. I guess I had the volume low, though. I didn't even yeah. realize he was doing it. I heard Siciliano, but I, I like Talib. He's a different broadcaster. Yes, man, man,
1: man. Uh, but good. Yeah. I, I love his game. He was a great player. A great player. Um, when Kansas is obviously drafted by Tampa, and on he went Patriots, Broncos. Where did he finish? Oh, well, Rams. Uh, Miller Condon. We'll finish our guest list with Scott Dockerman. He's coming up next. It's fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six P dot com.
3: Bridge League Sports and Opportunity on Deck have joined forces to increase the positive impacts on youth through the growth and evolution of adaptive and no-cost recreation programs. The organizations are now Can Play. Can Play supplements the cost of recreation programs and adapts the play to the skill level for each child. Can Play Sports Game for Good is coming up on Sunday, September 19th at Principal Park. To play, coach, donate, or volunteer, go to canplaysports.org slash game for you.
0: You can see it, picture it, the building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at GraphiteGR.
3: The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.tv. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.tv. CISN TV, the home for live. Member SIPC and unrelated
0: Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent.
1: I'm right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. As we take you until noon, let's get right to our friend Scott Doctorman from The Athletic. He covers Iowa, the Big Ten, et cetera. Uh, moonlights a little bit when they asked him to do an Iowa State piece as he was at Media Day, but uh, let's get to him. Hello, Doc, Trent, and Ken. How are you?
4: I am fantastic, guys. How about yourself? Doing
1: really well. And counting down, actually, we do have a Big Ten game this week. Uh, As you know, we've got Illinois uh, and Nebraska. They'll play at noon on Fox this coming Saturday. So we'll save that for a second. You know what, I want to start with you. And you do the updated uh, list of Hawkeyes in the NFL currently on rosters. Boy, I think you can go out and get your pen when it comes to Amir Smith-Marset. I don't know if you watched him uh, on Saturday night, the Vikings with – uh, Kaneuwongo, ironically, Cyclone, uh, who's on the uh, uh, on the injury list, uh, Smith Marset has t- taken this opportunity and he's opened up some eyes. He's going to make this team, and I'm not talking about a practice squad. I will be shocked if he's not a part of the 52.
4: Yeah, if he doesn't make that uh, the the regular roster, he'll be on somebody else's. And, uh, and and the reason is he's exactly the kind of player that we saw at Iowa. I mean, blazing. Speed and just, and he's able to do that on as a kick returner, and that's primarily why the Vikings wanted him to do is be a great kick returner. Plus, provide some, you know, be the third or fourth or fifth wide receiver, and, and can do some things there. And, and he, that's what he showed the other day. He's had such a uh, an inconsistent camp that you kind of question what what's is right. what's going to happen. But I think after the other day against the Colts what he was able to do just kind of proves that, okay, you've got to keep him on your roster because, he's going to be an asset for you at some point this year. Yeah,
1: no doubt about it. Uh, watching Buffalo Epinesa walk one of the, the bears starting left tackle and, and put him on his backside before he got to the QB. He stood out. you know, who else played well is Sean Byer scored a touchdown in Seattle, uh, as he tries to make a roster spot or a practice squad with Denver. So some guys that, uh, you know, fighting for some spots, certainly showing a good account of themselves, Doc.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's good to see A.J. Epineza be able to do that because last year he had such issues. You know, dropping a lot of weight really was – it was more almost a redshirt rookie year for him to some extent. But now he's a starter for him. He's really shown shown up and played in a big way. And and I think there's a huge role for him. What that is, uh, I don't know that he's going to be a traditional pass rusher. I think Greg Rousseau is probably that from Buffalo. But I think he can really collapse the pocket, be physical – and also just uh, be able to use his hands like he does. He has such violent hands. I think he'll be a really quality player with a very, very, very good team. And then, uh, you know, Sean Beyer, he's put up enough good film, mm-hmm. um, you know, even the other day that, uh, you know, if he doesn't make the active roster in, in Denver and they've got some really good tight ends, that when there's all those late cuts, Somebody might claim him. You know, I mean, the team he played against. This happens a lot,
1: actually,
4: Mm -hmm. where you could see, like, Seattle going, hey, that guy's pretty good, and we think he might be our third best tight end. So, bam, you know, they'll go ahead and grab him. So uh, I think there is definitely a place for Sean Byer in the NFL.
3: Doc, we were talking before we came on air here, and we were laughing about a year ago at this time, Sir Yacht, (laughs) and don't even follow the dude on Twitter anymore. But I had a question for you that kind of popped into my mind. What if we would have got through September and the Big Ten would have decided not to come back? That they wouldn't have done the decision that I'm sure Hawkeye fans and Big Ten fans everywhere were happy with. What if that wouldn't come down? How big of a blow would it have been to the conference and college football in general here in the upper Midwest if it wouldn't have played out the way that it did?
4: (laughs) Man, you're out on the speculation tree today. Uh, Let's let's say if they if they would have played they would have played some sort of football it would have been in the winter at domes it would have been in the spring possibly To what we saw with fcs they would have played football you had to play football i mean they they still generated you know 45 44 million dollars in revenue uh, just from playing on tv uh which is more than a lot of conferences do across the board so Uh, that revenue was sorely needed for the majority of teams. And and so there would have been some sort of football. They might have canceled every other sport on campus, but football would have played. So uh, that would have happened. Now, if there wouldn't have been anything, any football, yeah, it would have been really strange. Um, I I don't know the the full ramifications for that. I I don't know that I could even really speculate other than uh, if you would have seen the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC continue to play in the Big Ten, not that it would have, uh, you know, maybe they would have been asking more for the Alliance rather than the other way around.
1: Hmm. Speaking of speculation, Doc, one more if you would. Um, We know that, uh, that the shooter is out, shot to hurt himself, uh, bailing hay, I believe. Now, apparently, Justin Britt, who'd been parked into, into that starting right guard spot, he's been seen in some of those still pictures. Uh, the latest of the walking wounded wearing a boot. What are you hearing, if anything, on Justin Britt? And if it is indeed something that may linger for a couple more weeks, I mean, they got Indiana a week from Saturday. Do you know anything about the right guard position, uh, with the speculation that Britt is now hurt?
4: Yeah, with Britt, it was more preventative. Uh, he uh, did not have one on on Saturday for the scrimmage I'm aware of. And so I don't think that that's something that can, that's going to linger. Now, it, that said, you know, it, it's his ankle, not mine. <laughs> so it's very well good. Uh, but I, I don't know that that one's as much to be worried about. I mean, you know, Kyler shot at a broken foot. Um, Britt, I think, was more of a sprain. But that said, uh, you know, it it bears watching, but I don't think that one's going to to linger too long.
3: Offensive line, okay, there's some names there that you feel good about. Still that defensive line, even going back to Saturday, depth, not the same spot. A guy coming off the edge, maybe not there. Feels like there's kind of a lot of tweeners up front. And go back to 2005, they had two All-American linebackers coming back. Back seven looked great. defensive line had some questions. It was a disappointing 2005. Could we very well be trending the same direction?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, most of those players, uh, uh, you you think about the current players and how old were they in 2005, Trent? You know, four, (laughs) five, maybe? Uh, (laughs) So, uh, you know, we do this. People who follow the Iowa program, especially with parents being there so long, we make these crazy comparisons sometimes to the past. But I think there is some relevance to that. I mean, they do have a a defensive line that's now a little bit – less ex- obviously less experienced they uh they have some questions some holes there uh but you know from my understanding that the scrimmage on Saturday it, it was kind of a reverse of the previous week that mm. the defense which felt really embarrassed um the previous Saturday um got its revenge in a big way it was uh, <laughs> a defensive day which is traditional in every single open practice except the one a week ago so I, you know, I, I think there's some concern, obviously there, there always will be. And until you can kind of prove yourself, I think they've got enough pieces to make it work. And, uh, you know, there's no Davion Nixon, there's no Chauncey Golston, but I think there's some players that have some potential there. So, uh, Indiana, I'm not sure it matters as much in that game, simply because that was the team that didn't run the ball real well last year. Uh, you know, it's going to be important, but, but I think, game 2 is where you're going to see if if they're actually good good enough or T- uh, team that's uh, that's got some real issues there.
1: Interesting. Well, let me pick your brain a little bit more on the offense, uh, perhaps being dominated by the defense uh, that uh, your, your sources have been talking to you about what they saw. Um, look, after Petrus, after the open scrimmage, talking to all the Iowa media that we did, uh, I looked at this season completely different. That 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 question mark that seemingly was going to be out there because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. Uh, and Spencer Petrus really cr- quieted his critics. On that kids' day practice, you guys got to see. So, what the, what happened this week was this a uh, a Petrus problem that the offense didn't move? Uh, what are you hearing about his performance this past weekend? Oh, on Saturday, uh, uh-huh. two days ago. Uh, oh, well, uh, this this past one uh, the where the where the scrimmage that you didn't get to see where the defense dominated.
4: <laughs> yeah, I wish I could tell you more in detail. Actually, watching it, but I, I haven't didn't hear anything negative at all about Spencer it was just more of a matter of all of the the tackling issues and uh, winning blocks at the line of scrimmage and things like that were more specific in favor of the defense as opposed to the week before where you know they really got off and they were uh, you know the offensive line did and they won a lot of those battles so it was kind of in reverse you saw uh, you know kind of a wounded unit that came out and and made those things happen I didn't hear anything negative about Spencer Petrus or anything that you know that said you know very well it could have happened but but uh no I mean if anything Spencer is solidified as standing on the team and, and I think that's what you wanted if you're Iowa not that you know you'd be fine with anybody playing you know you want the best player to play but but if you've got a guy that's been experienced and had some ups and downs last year to come in and be able to, to do what they ask to do and do it in a good fashion then and that's what we saw and that's kind of what we've been hearing. And, uh, you know, and, and even people around the program have kind of said, look, you know, he's, he's really taken a bigger role, you know, as a leader and, and other things. So I, I think they feel pretty good there. They should. And, and, uh, you know, but we'll see, you know, again, they got to play two really good mm-hmm. defenses and especially secondaries in the first two games. So he better be on. Otherwise, you know, it could be two losses.
3: Everybody, Doc, believes it'll be Caleb Shudick He'll be the kicker. We know special teams are set at the punter position with All-American Tory Taylor. But let's just say it goes south. Caleb Schudek still got the strong leg, but he's not connecting. How deep is that kicking room? Is there somebody that is waiting on the wings if it doesn't go right here at the beginning of the season where you're looking at possibly two tight games right away?
4: Well, um, if he doesn't make a lot of kicks, I'm sure they're going to go to a couple other guys. I mean, they got a couple other kickers on the roster, but they have every bit of confidence in Caleb Schuidik. But it does, you know, it does come down to making those kicks. Pete Duncan did. He did mm-hmm. against yep. Nebraska. He did against Iowa State. He did against Michigan in 2016. So it's going to have to happen, and it's not just those first two games. I mean, there's going to be, you know, whether you're in Madison or Evanston or, uh, you know, against illinois or minnesota you're going to need him to make some field goals some critical ones and critical junctures so uh you know do they have do they have a couple of walk-ons behind him i don't know specifically which ones are uh, you know ahead right now that's probably the last thing i've really examined this year but but i do think uh you know they've got every every bit of confidence in Caleb skudek right now
1: hmm. illinois or nebraska this weekend doc who do you like
4: Ah, oh, great question. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's gonna come down to a field goal. So it's, just, <laughs> which Caleb Schuddick on which team is gonna do it? Uh, you know what? Last year, Illinois blew out Nebraska by 18 yes. points. They're gonna have a full crowd there. Uh, Brett Bielem is opening. They're gonna have to be, they're gonna be really physical. I think Nebraska's a better team this year. They've got, uh, they, they got a pretty veteran defense and offense, uh, quarterback anyway. So I'd expect a really close game. I, I I, think I'll probably take Nebraska by three points, but I think by and large it's going to be a real uh, real fun first
1: game to watch. No doubt about that. Great stuff, Scott Dockerman. Thank you. We appreciate it. We will uh, talk to you next week. Game week. Indiana, Iowa. Doc, great stuff. What do you got at the Athletic? Anything this week you want to promote that you've got coming up?
4: Yeah, I'm just finishing this uh, monsters piece on iowa's 1991 team the best team hayden fry had that nobody seems to remember it was 10-1-1 and it was ranked as high as seventh in the country at and the final regular season polls but it was forced to go to the holiday bowl by a uh, big tens alliance with the holiday bowl where it sent its runner up there and and so it's kind of a, a legacy defining season you had the on-campus shooting here, and they mm-hmm. stripped their decals right after that. So a lot of really fascinating, you know, topics involved in this season, but uh, certainly one that uh, has been kind of forgotten at times just because it didn't go to Pasadena, but it was better than most of the teams that did get there.
1: It was 30 years ago. That's mm-hmm. crazy, that crazy, crazy, crazy. Doc, we will uh, look forward to reading that. Will that uh, be published today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Good stuff. Yeah. Doc, we'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, pal. Thanks, appreciate it. Yep, Thanks. good to talk to you, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. That's thirty years ago. It was fast, <laughs> we'll see. Um, You're playing the. Day. Now you got Monday Night Football tonight. I do, Mr. Monday Night. I mean, it's been a while, and Mr. Monday Night stunk last last year. He didn't stay. He was bad. He was under five hundred. Right, and that's not like you. I mean, your picks. Where, what were you at somebody? Like 60 something percent? I was really good. I throttled Williams. Yes. And i am throttle Williams again this
3: year. Um, well, Mr. Monday night, is he in preseason mode? Are you going to take the look at one. We've got to play on that one. In oh, fact, you do? I've had that one on the docket going back to Wednesday when we did our TV show for MediaCom. i got to lean. Okay. Well, we'll find out next. Miller and Condon, 1460
0: KXNO. Hey,
3: XNO, Trent Condon here to tell you about Ren the new revenue rocket ship putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, rent estate is foolproof, recession-proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord for one monthly flat rate. Renner's Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose rent estate with Renters Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to renterswarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. 515-528-4429 because you can't buy happiness. Approval analysis.
4: Wolf Roofing has learned a few things over the years. We understand that no one wants their home improvement project to drag on. So at Wolf Roofing, we plan for your project well before we set foot on site. As a result, most projects are done in one day. We also know quality is important in the big things like a proper installation and in the details like cleaning up well and using magnets to find stray nails. Find us on the web at wolfroofing.net
3: or give us a call. The NFL is back in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for Week 1. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season. Receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer right now. You heard
1: it right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 more on any Week 1 game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus... You could make every game a big game with same
3: game parlays. I tried that last week in a Yankees Twins game. It that didn't go out? well. I said it to Ken. I think he was laughing at me. But this is how you can get involved. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code KXNO to receive two hundred dollars in free bets when you place a one dollar bet on any college football uh, NFL football game. Promo code KXNO for those two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Iowa-only, new customers-only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems Play.
1: God, I love that. It's so good. It's so good, and it's so almost here. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three FM. Well, it's here tonight. It doesn't count, but huh, seven o'clock kickoff. Um, Greasy and Riddick and Steve Levy on the call. I still think they're making. A, they made a big mistake by putting the Mannings up against. And we'll see ratings wise how it does. But anyways, they get both ratings
3: though. That's true. It's not like it's a separate company. Nope,
1: it is, but um, I, I, just, I just feel that the, the, the regular
3: team's going to get clobbered. You know they still haven't announced who's going to be in the booth with well, Peyton and Eli? Well, I Schefter was the rumor. That was talked about. That's so one of was the names. So that, that was that shot down? It hasn't been decided. Yeah. So, so what's that clothes, person right? going
1: to do? Is that person just going to steer the ship type yep. of thing and leave it to Peyton and Eli to do what they do? Set it up the conversation uh-huh. and
3: go. I, uh was listening to Joe Buck do an interview last week and they were kind of talking about that. He said he didn't think he'd be very good in that kind of role because there's certain guys that you just work with. Him and Aikman are great yes. because they know what each other wants. Right. As a play-by-play guy, you're analyst, you understand. Do you lead them down a path? Hey, talk about why the left tackle struggled here. Or mm-hmm. do you leave it? You call the play, they will say whatever they want to say. Here, you're not doing that. So are you teeing it up? Are you being goofy? Are you having fun? Staying out of the way. Who would be good in this role? And that's what I've been trying to fit. Schefter doesn't no, seem like he'd be I'm good. With you an information guy trying to set them up. It's not going to be a traditional play-by-play mm-hmm. role. No, nope. nope. But I don't know if you want that. You want it to be different. Is it a comedian? Is it? But does that person step all over their toes too much? You know, do you get somebody a little goofier in there? Do you go that route? It, you think of, uh, who's the guy, Caliendo, that does all the, you know, somebody like that. Would that make sense? I'm not exactly sure, but a lot of directions this thing still can go. Well, we should find out here at any time, because after all, we are
1: getting closer. Uh, Jacksonville, New Orleans tonight. New Orleans is what, a four-point favorite I saw?
3: I got it four and a four-and-a-half last week, and okay. uh, I have locked in. But yeah, four is where he can get it. Grab the points and the Jaguars. They're
1: taking They will. How much does Lawrence play tonight, do you think? Four drives. All right, well, be worth watching. Um, baseball tonight, so Hendricks pitches, White Sox, Jays. Eh, we'll be back tomorrow. Murphy and Annie in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon, 1460 kicks and Owen, and point.